1: Everybody, what's up? Welcome to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM, and a happy weekend to everyone because it is Friday, April 29th, as we are recording this episode. Michael Beller here with you on this episode of Best on the Board. We are going to take a look ahead to the weekend in the NBA playoffs. It's actually a pretty light weekend given the timing of when these first round series have wrapped up. We actually only have one game that is going to take place over the weekend. That should be a great game, however, Bucks and Celtics game one. If you do want our take on the game six matchup between the Grizzlies and the Timberwolves, we have that. Just go back a couple of episodes in the feed and you'll find that NBA playoffs, Timberwolves, Grizzlies, Game 6 best bets. It's got a title, something like that. So if you're looking for that, go ahead and click back to that episode after. Of course, you listen to this one with me and Jason Jones. Jason, this is, uh, you know, this is fun because now we like we're getting a little tired of these first round series. So those are wrapping up and now you and I get the pleasure of talking about what I think personally is going to be the best of what should be a great set of second round series.
0: Yes, yeah, uh, some good matchups. I like the I like the East matchups a lot. I think you know you really got the four best teams in the East mm-hmm. left. You know, you know it was still kind of stunning. I should even say stunning. It was just kind of fascinating to watch the, the way the Nets got t- you know, taken out by Boston. But Boston yeah. really has been one of the best teams in the league oh, since yeah. you know late January, early February. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the, you know the series play out.
1: Yeah, Boston has been, I would say, maybe even the best team in the league since that point, and uh, you know they actually came into the playoffs with the number one net rating in terms of offensive points scored per 100 possessions and defensive points allowed per 100 possessions. You take the net of that, and they. We're the best team in the NBA, uh, depending on how you want to use that measure. They were about a half a point better than Phoenix uh, coming into the playoffs. So this is a very, very good team going up against the defending champions. That's where we're going to start. We'll also talk about a couple of the series that are set on yesterday's episodes. Uh, James Edwards and I discussed Celtics-Bucks as a full series, so if you want a little bit of take on that, you can go check out that episode as well. We're going to talk about Game 1 here of Celtics and Bucks. We'll also take a look at the Heat-Sixers matchup and the Suns-Mavs over in the West. Let's start with that matchup though game one Sunday the one basketball game that we do have this weekend Celtics and Bucks the first game of the second round the Celtics in game one are four and a half point favorites at home 218 and a half is the total on this it's not a surprise to see the four and a half number next to uh, the Celtics name in this one Jason they are relatively comfortable favorites to win the series I feel good about the Celtics here. I think this is going to be an awesome series, but as as James laid out in yesterday's episode, they have the right personnel to contain Giannis as much as you can possibly contain Giannis. We're not saying they're going to shut Giannis down, but if you were building a team that said, can we hold Giannis to 28 to 32 points on 50% shooting? Boston's got the personnel to do that, and so I'm going to go with them in game one and lay the four and a half here. What are you looking at with this series?
0: I think the same thing, and... Especially when you don't have to worry about Chris Middleton's uh, shooting right. on the outside, you can really take all your, all your focus offensively. I mean, defensively, and really try to you know build a wall against Giannis, and you know, hopefully, if if, if you're Boston, you get your defense set and make them mm-hmm. try to attack. The, you know, a set defense. And I say without Middleton not being in this series is a really big deal. Yeah. And they were able to beat Chicago, but Chicago to me was one of those teams where. They beat the teams that were bad. But they, you know, the record show they couldn't beat good teams. Mm-hmm. And Boston can beat anybody, especially the way they play defense. And I just think, but I don't have to worry about Middleton. I don't think you can count on Drew Holiday to be a twenty-plus point g- game a guy mm-hmm. every night. Grace and Allen got hot against Chicago, but are you <laughs> going to count on Grace and Allen hitting five <laughs> threes every game? I don't <laughs> think you can really do that. So yeah, I like Boston a lot in Game One, I like Boston in the series.
1: It 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 is a team that is very thin behind Giannis and Middleton. Like that that Middleton. The Middleton injury is just such, it, it, it sucks. We hate to see injuries happen any time of year, especially this time of year, and especially to a player like Chris Middleton because it takes such a bite out of what the Bucks do offensively. The, the, the surrounding pieces, like you mentioned, like Grayson Allen can have a game. Uh, it's going to be way different against Boston than it is against Chicago, but he can have a game here or there. Pat Connison can have a game here or there. Brooke Lopez maybe can give you like an 18 and 7 for a game here or there, but it's, it's hard to think that they can sustain that, that a couple of guys can can sustain that level of production through an entire series. And you look on the other side of this thing in Boston, you know, they get Robert Williams back like they are just looking, you know, fully healthy and ready to go here. And so like it's going to be it's similar to what we talked about before the first round series between Golden State and Denver, right? When you have a Nikola Jokic, you're not going to go into a series and say, "Oh, well Golden State's going to roll right over them because of what Jokic can do." Same thing with Giannis. But we said before that series like if Denver's really going to contend and make this a thing Jokic is probably going to need to average like a 35 10 and 7 sort of series and i think that's what we're looking at with Giannis Giannis is going to have to have that brand of series they're going to need to get a couple of Drew Holiday games here if they're going to push Boston to the brink or maybe even pull off what would be a mini upset uh, based on the betting odds and win this because it's just it it's, it gets so thin for Milwaukee without Middleton Behind Giannis, and that's just going to make this a, a really, really tough battle for the Bucks in this series. I think we see that borne out in Game One, and I think the Celtics win it with yeah. I'm not, I don't want to say with ease, but the Celtics are going to show in Game One why they are the favorite in this series.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think so, and I think you know, coming off the uh, ball, the uh, Brooklyn series where mm-hmm. they show just defensively how they just make, they can just make it so tough on you, yes. and then Jason Tatum is continues to take that arc towards superstardom. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown's right behind them. And if you get Marcus Smart <laughs> not only defending, but also giving you eighteen, twenty points, yeah. and, you know, high numbers of assists, they're 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 gonna be tough to beat for anybody, especially the team, you know, down one of it down at second best player. Yeah. Uh,
1: totally with you on that. This is going to be, I think I, the, I say the toughest out in this uh, NBA in, NBA playoffs because I don't think they're going to get out. Uh, they were my pick to win the, the championship before the playoffs started. Obviously, after what they did against Brooklyn, I am not budging off that one bit. So we're on the Celtics minus four and a half in game one of that series. All right, Jason, let's take a look at the other Eastern Conference series. Uh, We are not going to talk about Game 1 specifically here, but rather the entire series. This one set after last night, after Thursday night with the Sixers. I mean what a third quarter performance by the Sixers in that game 6 against the Raptors in Toronto that was a what a one point game a three point game at halftime something like that in a three a point, one game. point game yeah. yeah right one point game at halftime and then it was 70 to 67 a couple of minutes into the third quarter and then that was it the Celtics go out or the uh, the Sixers go out go on a 22 to 3 run and just end that game end that series right there in the third quarter. One of the best single-quarter performances we have seen in this entire playoff. So the Sixers move on. They go up against the one-seeded Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference semis. Heat are favorites in this series, of course. They are minus 160, 76ers, plus 135. So this should be a very fun series. How do you break it down?
0: It's a it's a, a tricky one for me because I think Miami's a better team, but I also believe that Philadelphia has the best player in the series. And I tend to lead toward the team with the best player, given they have enough around them. So I still like Miami overall. I mean, I think you got Bam Adebayo, who's at least going to make Joel have to play defense and expend some energy. Sure. And maybe could possibly get him in foul trouble with his ability to play away from the rim, you know, work as a facilitator and just. You know what Miami does? Defense. They're a good defensive team. They've got this multiple guys they can plug in. You see, you saw the game where they don't have Lowry or Jimmy Butler, and they dust off Victor Oladipo, yeah, it's who crazy. Was, was an All Star what two <laughs> or three years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, just he's just been injured. So I I, I like what they can do just with their versatility, their depth. But Embiid, some, is a different you know different breed of player right now. Mm. And if anyone if you're going to beat a team like Miami, it's going to be because MB plays like the MVP of the league. But I still think overall, I I like Miami's depth in relation, you know, compared to uh, Philadelphia's. I just like their consistency, because even in this last series against Toronto, you saw two Philadelphia teams. You saw one that looked like it was a championship team and then you saw another one that couldn't win <laughs> you know against you know a team down It's you know it's it's you know it's all-star fred van vliet my only yeah. concern with miami would and scotty barnes sir. yeah exactly yeah my main concern with uh miami would be health you know how how kyle lowry you know mm-hmm. can he get into form you know is that knee gonna bother jimmy butler you know over the course of the series but all things equal i like miami
1: I like Miami too. Laying the minus one sixty feels a little rich when you are talking about uh, the other team having the best single player, which I, you know I don't think anyone would argue with that in Joel Embiid. But I still think top to bottom, this is a better team. I think that yeah, you know, I think they've got a slight coaching advantage in Eric Spoelstra versus Doc Rivers in this one. And you know, I take a look at. Um, I, I feel like you know, obviously the Sixers asked. James Harden, to be a different player than he's ever really had to be in his career, save for maybe those first couple of years in OKC when he was playing alongside KD and Russell Westbrook. But I think that they're going to need a little bit more of Harden scoring to win this series. Um, great well, facilitator, right? I mean, three three double-digit assist games, uh, all of those coming in Philadelphia victories, but a high-water mar- high mark of 22 in that series against uh, Toronto from a point scoring perspective. They need more scoring. They need a 25 to 28 point per game, James Harden, if they're going to win this series, I think.
0: I agree. I just think, you know, they can't have a James Harden taking nine, 10 shots in this series. You know, he can't go, he can't go like, no five for 12 in this series. He's got to go and having Tyrese Maxey playing as well as he's played helps. But for them to, to pull off this upset, they need James Harden to, I don't know if he goes about all the way back in the time machine, but they sure. need him. They, they need a they need a version of the Houston James Harden, I yes. think, to win this series.
1: Yes, we are in total agreement on that. And do they get that for seven games? I mean, that's that's the question here. You know, no one thinks this is going to be a quick series, even though uh, you and I are both feeling Miami. I don't think I'm not feeling Miami in a in a five game series. I think this game. I think the series goes at least six here. Uh, and, and I think that's ultimately where where this where this breaks in Miami's favor is that. Assuming a long series, you obviously need... Multiple paths to victory. You need to have a diversity of of ways of winning games uh, to beat another good team four times out of seven games. And I just look at the way Miami can do things. I look at the way Miami can spread out its scoring load. I look at what you know Miami did defensively against a way different Atlanta team. Where I'm not going to try and put Atlanta and Philadelphia on an apples to apples comparison, but you know, Miami's defense was excellent in that series. What a I mean, Trey Young hasn't had that bad a run of games probably in his entire life. Uh, Let alone in a spot like that. So, like I just you look at what again. So, what Miami can do defensively, the way they can spread things out offensively, the way they can get so many different guys as leading scorers in what are good offensive games for them. The diversity of their paths to victory are wider and more numerous than Philadelphia's. And so, ultimately, that's what tips me in Miami's direction for this series.
0: Uh, Yeah, I agree. I think Miami can win a game if Jimmy Butler only has 14 points. If Joel Embiid has 14 points. Philadelphia is now. Philadelphia winning loses unless,
1: by twenty-five. <laughs> yeah,
0: unless James
1: Harden goes for fifty that game, they're not winning that game. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to be a good series too and man, I mean, whatever the whatever the Eastern Conference finals end up being, it's going to be a hell of a battle, but uh we'll have uh maybe 12 to 14 games uh, between the two series. Before we get to that point, let's take a look at the one Western Conference series that is set. Again, we are recording this before game 6 of Minnesota and Memphis so Golden State uh in our real-life timeline as we sit here right now still waiting for their opponent, but The Suns and the Mavs are ready to face off against one another in a 1-4 battle out west. This one, no surprise uh, to see the Suns major favorites. Minus 350 on the series money line. You've got the Mavericks at plus 260. A lot of this, I mean, good to see Devin Booker. Back for Phoenix uh, in that uh, yes. series, clinching victory against New Orleans. Obviously, that portends well for this upcoming series against Dallas. I'm not laying the 350. That's very ridiculous. I'm also not getting on Dallas at plus 260. I think so long as Devin Booker is basically himself early in this series, this uh, this should be a a Phoenix Phoenix and five Phoenix and six sort of setup for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think some of the things that Phoenix was able, to, I mean uh, Dallas was able to do against Utah, they won't get away with against Phoenix. I mean, you won't be able to get away with putting a guy like Luca on DeAndre Ayton. Yes. <laughs> like they were. Yes. I mean, they you know they're going to play small, and I think just overall, Phoenix is a much is bigger, has more depth. I mean, they've mm-hmm. got multiple guys defensively they can throw it, and Luca and Jalen yep. Brunson, whether it be you know Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges. You know, you've got you know it's an offensive with Devin Booker's. You know. A, a bigger, bigger two guard than Donovan Mitchell and, yep. and a better player. Yep. You know Chris Paul. You know is not going to do what Mike Conley did <laughs> in that series, for, it seemed like for half of the series Mike wasn't even there, and then mm-hmm. even last night that critical. Tra- I mean, I didn't know where Mike was going with the ball. They got a chance <laughs> to take the lead. and He yep. like stops, stumbles, travels. You're not going to get that from Chris Paul. I just think Phoenix is too, it's too well of a well coached team, too complete, too deep they can you know you know even if even if devin booker's kind of still has to work his way back in having a guy like landry Shamit on your bench <laughs> doesn't you know mm-hmm. you don't feel johnson you know, yeah you don't feel like they're going to mm-hmm. fall you know fall off i just think they're too big too too good to to you know to lose the series and i think you know at most it goes 6 but if he said phoenix and 5 i wouldn't you know i i wouldn't flinch at that i'd be like okay i could yeah. see that
1: Another another series where the underdog clearly is going to need a singular performance out of its superstar. Uh, This is going to have to be just a monster Luka series, and he's Luka Doncic. That could that is obviously within the range of realistic outcomes that Luka just goes nuclear for seven games, and Dallas somehow pulls off an upset here. But that's what it's going to take. There's just again, there's there's too much depth on this Phoenix team, and the fact that they got Devin Booker back in Game 6. Obviously, he was still working his way in. He was not the Devin Booker we are used to seeing. But the fact that not only did they get him back, but they were comfortable trotting him out because we're, let's say they lose that game. Let's say they don't play Devin Booker and they lose that game. You're still talking about going home, Game 7. You're still a very comfortable favorite. You obviously, if you were comfortable enough playing him in Game 6, you know in the back of your mind you will have him for Game 7. If they didn't think Devin Booker was going to basically be able to, to, you know, play and not be at a significant risk for re-injury, or if, excuse me, let me me rephrase that. If they thought that there was going to be a significant risk for re-injury, there's no way they push him in Game 6 because they can have him for Game 7. So that gives you a pretty good indication of where Devin Booker's health is going into this series. It's it's hard to craft a realistic narrative where Dallas ends up winning this series. All the things that were available to them, like you said, they're just not going to be there against Phoenix the way that they were against Utah. Jalen Brunson is making himself a ton of money in these playoffs. <laughs> Jalen Brunson is not going to have a forty-point game against Phoenix. I feel very comfortable saying that Maxi Kleber is not going to have an eight-three game against this Phoenix team. And so the the just it's similar to what I said or in, with the uh, the Miami Philly series. Like the paths to victory for Dallas are so narrow, and the paths to Victory for Phoenix, you know, might as well be the German autobahn. I mean, there's just so many yeah. ways for them to get to, to four wins in a way that just isn't available to Dallas.
0: Yeah, and you look at what they did to, to go bear and go bear's reluctance to to, to be our inability or reluctance to get away from the paint defensively. DeAndre Ayton will not have that issue if he gets yes. switched on the Luca. He'll be the, the they'll be completely comfortable in that situation. And you even saw last night whenever they got Rudy away from the basket, it was a problem. They won't have that problem. Phoenix won't have that issue. Phoenix, I said, Phoenix will not let Jalen Brunson and Luca get into the paint repeatedly. It was almost like Utah was like, okay, well, we'll start defending once the ball is in front of the rim. Oops, too late. And Utah. And the other, the other thing too was that you know Utah couldn't make threes against this team. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't. I can't see a scenario where Phoenix shoots you know, 30% from three in multiple games. I mean, they had games where they had five, six, seven, eight, nine, made threes. Devin Booker can make seven threes by himself. Yes.
1: Yes, he absolutely can. And that was really the story of that series, beyond uh, the Dallas-supporting cast stepping up in Luka's absence early in the series. The the other story of that series was Utah's horrible three-point shooting and Utah's like, mysteriously bad defense um, in, in that series, especially on the perimeter, uh, giving up, so many wide open threes, poor defensive rotations, poor defensive communication. That was really the other story of that series, and you're just not going to get that against this Phoenix team. So, uh, you know, I'll be looking at, uh, I'll be looking at, you know, Phoenix minus two and a half games, Phoenix winning the series four to one, maybe even a Phoenix sweep potentially. I don't think that'll happen, but you know, those are the odds to play in this Suns Mavericks yes. series, and very excited for the second round of the NBA playoffs to get started on Sunday with again. In my humble opinion, the series of the second round, Celtics and Bucks. That's going to do it for this episode of Best on the Board. Thanks so much for listening. For Jason, I'm Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We'll talk to you soon.